This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. said no gifts. I am Bridger Weiniger. Um, I hope you're doing okay. I hope you're having a nice day. I, what's going on? Um, let's see this morning I went to the doctor, you know, for just a general checkup and he told me that he has a podcast. Uh, this was unprompted and it was a little shocking for me. So I just thought I'd let you know that there is some level of competition out there, and uh, I, I won't be naming the doctor or the podcast. He's not getting any advertising here. We have to move on. I'm Today's guest, I could not be more thrilled. One of the absolute funniest, none other than Cola Scola. Cole. Hi, Bridger. Welcome to I Said No Gifts. How are you? I'm great. I just, um, I'm sorry about the mole. Uh, the <laughs> well, I, the I was listening to your your doctor's podcast, and um, today's topic was your your mole, right? And yeah. it doesn't look like things are. It's going to be an issue, right? He said he said it's not cancerous, but it is ugly, <laughs> right? Exactly. So and kind of just an un unremovable. It's just something I have to live with. At yeah. This point. Yeah. The insurance Which... won't cover that and yeah i'm not paying out of pocket right I, i'll right. live ugly with this ugly mole before i spend a penny so great uh i mean i i didn't obviously realize he was recording at the time i was in the room mm -hmm. but i did sign all of the sheets before going into the office yeah i mean it sounded like you were doing a mic check i <laughs> I, I mean it's opened with the two of you going check 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 one two this is bridger well, when somebody that when somebody tells me to do something, I just kind of follow directions. I'm Got not it. at the doctor's office to cause trouble. Right, just, right, right, right. You're from Utah. Right. And he's a medical professional. For all I know, he just <laughs> wanted to check my throat or what have you. Yes. And I trust him. I've been yeah. I've seen him three times now, so that's enough. Third's the charm, yeah. That'll right. Do it. And I know, you know, he's taken some sort of oath. Mm-hmm. I had had Listen, I actually had a very stressful time on my way to the doctor. There was the world's longest train stopping. Train. 
there, I, there was a train that truly was bisecting Los Angeles. Oh, the, oh you're so you're in your car and I then you're waiting car. for a train to pass. Right. And the train wasn't passing. Right. And I ended up having to drive beyond the train. Wait, you, so you were you're neck and neck. You're racing the train racing to get around train. it. Yes. You're neck and neck. And you cut it off in order to make it to the <laughs> doctor's appointment. Right. Only to be secretly recording this kind of personal <laughs> issue. This mm-hmm. mole that I've been living with through the pandemic. Worrying just am I going to be having this hideous thing on me forever? And now you know you you will. I will. How do you move yeah. forward? You don't. You have to dwell. <laughs> You have to live there. This you is where you live now. You have to let it just now. eat you from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And just, that's the sort of situation that's that I... That's who you are now. Yeah. <laughs> kind of one of those dead, uh, like you see those photos of a fox that's kind of just been eaten from the inside out, lying in the snow. <laughs> I carcass. don't think we have the same <laughs> search history, Bridger. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're searching. I, I you know, I'm constantly looking for a rotting Foxes. What are you talking about? I feel like I've seen you must. I I actually don't know where this would have come from, but I feel like at some point some sort of time lapse footage has crossed my desk of a fox being kind of devoured by nature. You know what? I won't lie. I can I can conjure that image in my mind, which means I must have seen it at some point as well. There must be some sort of maybe a I don't know a National Geographic or Planet Earth or where they're showing right. where they kind of blindside you with dead animal. Oh, the view. The it view. must be the view. <laughs> they have the they will just bring in various uh, animal corpses and put them in the table and just let that be topic of conversation. Yeah. Occasionally, they just let it be something to cut to, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Just the swarm of flies devouring while the ladies talk. It's <laughs> my favorite oh. part. Yeah. Cole, what have you been up to? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Nothing. Everything. I've been, you know, everything's a chore. Right. Do you feel like it's getting harder and harder? I always, I, ever since I was a child, there's... <laughs> Everything's been getting harder and harder. Um, and maybe everything will just continue to get harder and harder until it's unbearable and then death. I think that's probably true. I think that there's like a through your 20s, things are get a little bit easier. And then, I mean, isn't it just the inevitable that you grow weaker, more tired and the challenges? The body the decomposes. Yeah. Right? Again, <laughs> this, this time lapse. We are all the fox on the table at the view. <laughs> Just being eaten from the inside while the ladies um, talk about, you know, whatever they talk about. <laughs> I haven't, uh, I don't know the last time, I don't know that I've actually ever watched a full episode of The View. Do you, have you ever sat down and just sat through The View? Oh, I used to love it. Really? I don't, yeah. I mean, yeah. actually, I don't know why I ask like that. Of course, it's, it's a very entertaining thing to watch and full. Yeah, but now anything, I, I don't like reality. Anything reality is too stressful for me. Right. Um, competition shows, Real Housewives. Oh, that's so anxiety <laughs> inducing. <laughs> I'm only recently uh, watching The Housewives. Which And one? only because it's the Salt Lake City Housewives. And so it's oh. like, I, I feel like I had no choice. And then it took over for me it really became once i settled into that energy which was too much for me 
yeah i'm enjoying it but i can't the rest of them i can't get into well you got to support your mom i know that <laughs> she's sort of the star of that show well look they put her through hell in those auditions and yeah uh she did everything to get on she started her own little business turned it yeah. into an empire have you really been watching the the whole show oh i've seen every episode of that season and you do like it I do enjoy watching it. Okay. I didn't expect to because I have, a, I know a lot of people and I'm sure you do too. A lot of people who love all of the housewives. Yes. Yes. And I could not, I tried maybe Beverly Hills or something at some point. Yeah. And I think I watched two episodes and that was it for me. But the Salt Lake housewives are so unbelievably low rent and I just feel like they're always in an extremely drafty room and there there's something about them that feels right mm-hmm. and I can get into it. And it's also like it's just fun to see them hosting a, or like at events that are su- supposedly classy. And then I'm like, oh, I, that's next to the mall. Right, and right, right, right. Uh, at, at a, uh, today we're at the TCBY <laughs> for the big charity event. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the shows are so convoluted and so I mean, everything about no one goes to that many events or even interacts with their friends that much. Oh, yeah. Or (laughs) or or, I I don't I can't imagine like seeing like fighting with people and then continuing to see them for years (laughs) and years, you know, like I've maybe had like just like one disagreement with like maybe three friends who you know then it took like a year to recover from that you know right like i'll go to a wonderful dinner with a friend and not see them for two years sure sure and nothing bad happened at all right but these shows are made to just stress you out and it's like uh oh (laughs) is amber gonna show up to the party and you're just on the edge of your seat and and i just find myself like my stomach is in knots (laughs) Over like something I don't care about, about people that I don't care about, that I would hate in real life. And I think, why am I doing this to myself? So instead, I've been watching um, a lecture on the plague. Wait, you've been watching a lecture on the plague? Yes. Who is doing the lecture? It's through the Great Courses Plus. Do they sponsor oh, this podcast? Wonderful. They should. I can't believe they haven't yet. It's like it's like um, masterclass, but masterclass is really slick and sexy and like celebrities right it's sort of like masterclass goes to these celebrities and says like do you want to here's some money talk right it doesn't have to be about anything yeah and you don't really learn anything it's just aaron sorkin being like man i love cocaine and writing and you're like (laughs) oh why am i paying for this okay um but then the great courses plus is people that should never be on camera it's these college (laughs) professors who have no charisma. They're on these horrible sets. It's like a substitute teacher sort of energy. It's like tele-learning at, at college. Is that yes. what that was called? Something like distance learning or something? They're reading off of a, a teleprompter. They don't do any cuts, so often they'll stumble. Um, oh, that sounds incredible to me. Yeah, it's very soothing. But um, I just finished the 24-part lecture on the plague. 24 parts how long is each part half an hour oh okay so that's not bad no and do you feel like you learned about the plague yeah i do i want to hear what you've learned i mean just a brief summary would be i learned that it was actually really bad (laughs) 
like despite all the you know like movies and popular songs and like you know culture (laughs) it was actually at the time people didn't love it and that it was it took me you know 12 hours of that lecture to sort of put that together i imagine you're still a little bit in denial yeah I mean, I learned about, you know, how they blamed the Jews. Um, I learned just all sorts of awful, awful things about how there's even some um, some people think there was more than the plague going on, that there was anthrax or, you know, anthrax. Yeah. Which is I didn't realize is like a naturally occurring thing. Right, it feels so so much to me like a ninety, like a sexy nineties thousands poison. I thought it was from the nineties. <laughs> yeah. Wow, anthrax is wait, is it a bacteria? I guess I don't know. Mm. I don't. I'm I, I'm saying yes, but I, but only because I want to have an answer for you. But the <laughs> truth is, I don't. I don't really remember. I feel like maybe and the reason I associate anthrax with like a more modern thing is well. Is, outside of the early thousands scare is that I think there's like the, the metal band anthrax. It's kind of in the Metallica realm, that kind of thing. So those are my two big associations with anthrax. Um, some people splash themselves with urine. Okay. Um, they thought like the fumes from urine and like from the latrines would, would like kill the bad plague air. Right. Well, I mean, urine kind of has some medicinal. I mean, don't they tell you to pee on yourself if you uh, get? Oh, they did. Your doctor stingray? said that in the I mean, podcast. My doctor, I remember. He got yeah. me up on the table and said, "Okay, now just pee. Just let it go. <laughs> just let it go. Let, let's get the mic on you, and then just start to pee." <laughs> like I really want to talk about this mole, but okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say, I think, I mean, I could be wrong, but if you get stung by a stingray, you're supposed to pee. Pee. Or someone's supposed to pee on you. A jellyfish. Jellyfish, that's right. Yes. (laughs) That's why I've had so many problems with stingrays. (laughs) You're always pissing on yourself after these stingray attacks. Rest in peace, Steve Irwin, who was killed by a stingray. Yeah, which is, I know why you had me on here. I asked you to come on. Well, you wrote the poem. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah stingray stingray you killed steve stingray stingray i'm relieved <laughs> you wrote kind of your it's kind of a hit piece that you wrote yeah uh you've been waiting years to finally get this out and- oh yeah well <laughs> speaking of poetry the lecture on the plague ended and then i won't talk about it anymore but i need to get my money's worth i'm happy to talk about this i don't want you to feel like we can't talk about the great like (laughs) the only reason i don't want to talk about it is because i actually haven't retained that much information right and now you're kind of being exposed the moment that you tell someone you read something or have seen something like oh yeah it's over forget it yeah (laughs) i'm terrified i'm sweating um but it it ended with um it was made like in 2017 so it was pre-covid right um, but basically she said there are more bigger worse plagues coming there was even an outbreak of the of the plague in the 90s in india and really? now and then there was a variant of it that ended up on madagascar that is resistant to all antibiotics <laughs> um but then she, for some reason, decided like, oh, well, you know what? 
but it's not all bad. Like she had to have like, end on a positive note Mm -hmm. and her positive note was if we hadn't had the plague, Chaucer might not have had (laughs) um, benefactors who came into money because of the plague. So we might not have had Chaucer. Yeah. So it's like, oh, good. I feel better that there might be some great poetry after this. I mean, I I feel like there have been several excellent uh, COVID produced, you know, there's the Netflix show and we're all grateful for these sort the crown, of things. The crown, you mean? The crown was <laughs> kind of produced because of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Actually, speaking of that, I will say and say it. I'm just going to say the one person that has created anything within this pandemic worth watching and I'm so glad you're here is you. And you Me. produce it very fast. Oh, your, when you put you made your special uh like late April of last year or something? Yeah, yeah. So we were like a month into the pandemic and you had like a And I saw an opportunity and I said, here we go. This is going to be it. (laughs) And I, this is going to launch me into the stratosphere. And um, lo and behold, a few people have watched it and have been very nice about it. It is the only... Only thing that has been produced in the last year in COVID conditions that I think is worth consuming. Thanks, Bridger. I'm not I'm not just saying if the listener has not seen Help I'm Stuck. Yeah. It's an absolute I've seen it twice now. And oh, it's, thanks. I, I mean I had seen the live show, which is wonderful, but it translated so well to I, you shot on like an iPhone camera or something, yeah. right? Yeah. Had you been planning on doing it or was it just like I'm bored and it was like, I really, I, I did the live show and I wanted, um, I hoped it would be made into a special, but then nobody wanted it. And What's also, uh, well, you know, people don't have the best taste. Um, right. And by people, I mean me. Um, <laughs> but I always wondered, like, how would I produce this as a special anyway, when so much of it hinges on the fact that I'm just alone on stage doing costume changes, very low stakes. Right. So actually having to do it alone in my apartment was the perfect, like, you know, the correct stakes for that. Right. Was it, was it hard? It was. I mean, yeah. Shooting anything. I mean, on any level is difficult and it looks very good. And oh, stop. Thank- no. <laughs> I think it looks terrible, but I'm still very pleased with, with Under the it, conditions, it the fact that it was shot by one person. And I mean, I, I shot I, it, I edited it. I did everything, my makeup, hair, everything. How long yeah. did it take? Like 10 days because everything had been written already. And right, so then I just sort of but- made a schedule and I filmed it all at night because my neighbors are loud and there's, street noise because i live in new york so yeah and did it ever feel like it was did you feel like oh i should just stop i feel like after two days of that i'm like never mind i'm not no no when i start doing something i'm too afraid to stop (laughs) i'm afraid i'm afraid of stopping anything right right i'm afraid to stop talking right now because (laughs) what if i die you know, that sort of thing. I'm just going to sit in silence for about a oh half hour. Oh, God. <laughs> What's behind you? A little pelican cutting board? Oh, it, it is. It's a little... I uh, bought that at a uh, thrift store in Utah uh, called Deseret Industries in maybe 2000, 
two. It's just a like I don't I really love it. It's a like a piece of art of a pelican that somebody made. I think it's called someone signed the name Scuda or something in the bottom corner, and I've never known where it came from or what was the point for was. the for the listeners when you post this episode will you also post a photo of that cutting cord so that of they course. have something to you know look forward to <laughs> a companion piece <laughs> that we have to they will see that it's like a weird fabric it's not a cutting board it's like someone oh. painted on a piece of fabric and i really appreciate it i pro- i either stole it or paid very little for it there was a period when i did a decent amount of shoplifting and uh but that i feel like it was too big to what do you do to get that rush now i consider shoplifting oh okay okay. occasionally i'll be in (laughs) a store yeah yeah Yeah, i haven't shoplifted since i was a teenager but occasionally Mm -hmm. i'll be like what if i just stole this right now yeah and then i think and then what happens when everyone finds out that i've been arrested for shoplifting right (laughs) have you ever shoplifted no have you ever been tempted no i i'm too (laughs) scared of that i'm even afraid of people thinking i'm shoplifting so if i'm like and i always try to make my presence known at a store if there's a camera in in the store i i like sort of acknowledge it and i'm very careful with how i hold my items like yes, yes i look at the camera as if to say yes this toothpaste is going in this basket no funny business here <laughs> don't worry about me but that to me feels like you're drawing even more attention to i feel like whoever's watching the security camera thinks they're trying to pull one over on us and well Maybe. I don't know. You'd have to, you'd have to, maybe we should, we'll do a part two of this interview where I go to the Rite Aid on the corner and right. ask to speak to the security guards and um, get their take. Now, there was a point, uh, you know, I wander through a lot of stores. I love wandering through stores and just looking at objects without, with no intention of buying them. And there was a period that I feel like uh, in when I first moved to LA that I would go to a Seven Eleven on occasion, and just wander around to just free my mind. And I think the person occasionally, uh, or eventually thought that I was shoplifting and asked me not to come back, which is probably oh. just like what was happening in my life that I thought Seven Eleven was a relaxing place to be. It's, you know, it's familiar. Yeah. It's, it's got, it's got a, a sort of sterile comfort. You know, right. the air conditioning at a Seven Eleven is always exquisite, right? <laughs> freezing cold, freezing cold, freezing <laughs> cold. It's like a, a, a retirement home in there, right. you know, but I, I, I used to hang out at a pharmacy when I was a little kid and I got kicked out for spending too much time there. Really? Yeah. And how old were you when this was happening? It's like 10. And my friends and I would just go to this um, pharmacy and and ask people if they needed help, like finding (laughs) things. Did you ever help anyone? Um, sometimes, sometimes I think people were just humoring us and right. like, we were children. We had nothing to do. It was so boring, you know, mm-hmm. sure, childhood. Sure. Well, Ugh, Cole, miserable. Oh, what? I don't, I don't know Here what we to go. say. Okay. <laughs> look, look. I, okay. So obviously you're here. I'm here. Yes. Uh, a few weeks ago, you agreed to be on the podcast. I was... So happy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Love Cole. Um, Yeah. Reluctantly, of course, Mm -hmm. I kind of dragged you into this. Yeah. And uh, all that said, 
it seemed like you were at least going to play fair and just be here as a pleasant guest. We would have a nice little chat and then move on with our lives. Hopefully never see each other again. Yeah. Um, and then a couple nights ago, the doorbell rang. Night. Uh, yeah, I believe it was night. Wow. I believe, okay. I, uh, which is frightening for any purpose. Sure. Uh, we don't have a lot of visitors. And uh, I opened the door and there was a box there. Large square box addressed to me. Uh, return address, unknown. I mean, not unknown, but from William Sonoma. Mm-hmm. I had not ordered anything from William Sonoma. Love William Sonoma. I have never purchased anything there because it's a little above my, you know, it's more of a go in and browse and sure. dream of a life of sure. the William Sonoma shopper. Right. Um, see the latest novelty, that kind of thing. So I brought it in and my mind started circling what possibilities this could have, where this could have possibly come from. And then it occurred to me, Cole. Cole's yeah. the last person I had contact with. Uh, they've got my address, and obviously, I, I, I don't know. I was, I was a little broken up about it, and now I'm just going to ask you. Okay. This podcast is called "I Said No Gifts," and uh, I have to assume I opened the box, and there was a gift wrapped box. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- w- is this a gift for me? Yes. Okay. Um. Should I open it here on the podcast? Yeah. Okay. You, should, you should open it and then I'll explain. I know you said no gifts and I respect that boundary. But once once you open it, I can explain and hopefully it'll make sense. Okay. Um, I and you'll understand know... why I had to. Okay. For the listener, this is a heavy white box. Maybe the heaviest gift on this mm. podcast so far i would hope so uh, <laughs> you love you give gifts by weight yeah oh um, yeah let's just open it up here and see what happens this looks like a beautiful wedding gift I, if i were ever to get married this is how it would feel I think. right i think that's probably what what these things are usually and keep going keep right going. right i'm not gonna i'm going to keep my eyes away from the box until it's completely open kind of do a doing my best to keep it a complete surprise oh my god yeah this is a a beautiful waffle maker yes a vertical waffle maker it's which a I, vertical waffle maker i'm not even familiar with well the reason that i got it for you is because i've been having this recurring nightmare of you making waffles and just getting waffle batter everywhere because it's hard with a regular waffle iron you pour the batter on and it usually spills over the sides (laughs) yes and i just i keep waking up in a cold sweat (laughs) because i'm i i just see you just waffle batter everywhere just a disaster and you're cleaning it up and then the waffles burning and like i you know it happened once and I thought, oh, that's a weird dream. Sure. After six years, <laughs> pretty consistently every night, 
of dreaming. And I've known you like what three? Right. So yeah, and I was probably a kind of a stranger in a dream initially. Yeah, I, I absolutely. I was like, well, that, that's weird. Why would I dream about that? Just yeah. So I found this on the Williams Sonoma website. It's a vertical waffle maker. You pour the batter in on top so that it doesn't spill out the sides. Wow. Yeah. You pour then, it kind of yeah. like a coin slot almost. Yes, exactly. And then, um, you know, when it's done, you can open it up and the waffle comes out. And you, do you own one of these? No. You don't? <laughs> no. It's just this dream where that's kind of just been this image of the waffle maker. Yeah, I don't have space for that head. kind of thing. I, I would hate to own something like that. But <laughs> I thought if I want to sleep tonight or any night, I need to make this. I need to fix this. Right. It's hard yeah. to say w- what effect this is going to have on your dreams moving yeah. forward, whether it will continue and new, maybe a new element will be introduced to the dream. I mean, God knows what message I was trying to get through to you or whoever's placed this dream in your head. Right. Yeah. I mean, were there any other elements of the dream that you could remember or is it? I just remember hating you so much. (laughs) And then when I met you, I I remember I hated you and I was like, why do I hate? Why do I hate him? We've never met before. And then I was like, oh, it's the dream. (laughs) I I hate him because of the dream. And then eventually I sort of was able to separate the, you know, the nightmare from <laughs> right. the, the, uh, the nightmare. Right. right. And now reality, you're just a strong dislike. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and the dream continues. I imagine. Yes. Hate. Yes. Is it an increasing hatred or just kind of a baseline? Well, now it's sort of comforting, you know, it's a comforting <laughs> hatred. It's toxic. It's uh, a codependent, hatred you know right. yeah and that one without that hatred i mean you're going to be completely off balance we'll see i mean that's uh, i need something to break up the monotony of you know <laughs> this pandemic life so maybe not hating you could be just what i need <laughs> shake things up um do you own a <laughs> waffle maker of any type i don't own do a you waffle like maker. a waffle I love a waffle, <laughs> but I, I would never, I don't have a lot of counter space. You know, I live in New York. Right. I already have a KitchenAid mixer. I have a Vitamix. I have a toaster. My Le Creuset. I have, you know, there's just, there's no counter space. There's no cabinet space, you know? Right. What yeah. are you making in your KitchenAid? So far, I have only made one batch of cookies. And when was that? That was like two months ago. Oh, okay. So recently. This is a new purchase? But I bought the KitchenAid mixer like six months ago. And I've used it once. How was your experience? I realized in the, the, for this exact cookie recipe, it would have been easier to mix by hand, actually. (laughs) What was the cookie recipe? It was just like a simple chocolate chip recipe, uh, oatmeal chocolate chip recipe. and wonderful. um, there's just no need for the the mixer. But I think a mixer makes the butter. Wake up, and... wake up. Sorry. This is for the <laughs> listeners who are falling asleep, the listening listener in their car. This. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> the listener loves a cookie recipe discussion. Okay. <laughs> who doesn't? If somebody has a problem with that, I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell anyone. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's fair oh so it was a you it felt like overkill for you yeah i bought it originally because i wanted the like i made um meringue once and Uh, like a vegan meringue and my hands and arms hurt so much i thought you know what i need to do I need to spend hundreds of dollars to make sure I never feel this pain in three years when I make this thing again. But I need to spend it right now. Do you think you'll make vegan meringue again? Maybe it's just not fun to make stuff for myself. You know what I mean? Right. Like maybe when I can see people again, the the fun of making things for me is people being like, oh my God, you know? Right. I can't believe you were able to. Yeah. Sorry, I I had extra, you know. (laughs) I would have made this for just me, but I thought, why not bring it? Well, I think a KitchenAid is also just kind of nice looking. It's just a nice thing to have on your counter, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a a status symbol. And I grew up, you know, (laughs) poor, uh, trashy. I I say, like, I was um, Niles Crane like a young Niles Crane, but in Roseanne's house, <laughs> you know? Right. That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I just always, you know, uh, wanted things like a KitchenAid mixer or to listen to NPR. Right. Of course. Of yeah. Course. And so, oh, I'm sorry to hear you've only used the KitchenAid once. Do you feel like you got it kind of burned you and you're just not going to go back to it? I really just hate washing things. Mm, and, you know, I in New York, do you have a dishwasher? No, I do have a dishwasher. Oh, but, well, you know, then, those things aren't dishwasher. You, you know, they're supposed to be hand washed. You know, the bowl, the bowl. I think so. Yeah. The metal. No, bowl. I don't know. I'm putting no, the metal bowl through the dishwasher three times a week. I, I mean, know, maybe it's a bad idea. Maybe that's why that mole is getting so much bigger. <laughs> Every time I wash it, I feel kind of a <laughs> pulse in my leg. And I just, uh, the heat yeah. radiating down, yeah. but I've just ignored it. But uh, it's worth it. If it saves me an extra 10 minutes, uh, I mean, I'm turning into a monster. Maybe I I, I will. Cole, you can absolutely. I, maybe this is just the KitchenAid hotline podcast at this point. But I hope so. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you I recently had a problem. It was Mine wasn't mixing correctly. I looked it up. You have to drop a dime in the bowl and... Uh, mix it around and if the dime does it's this weird old trick that like if the mixer doesn't move the dime enough it means it's not adjusted properly i know a lot about a KitchenAid mixer wow is this like some secret blog like like KitchenAid queens like like (laughs) listen honey we've been around like i love those kinds of (laughs) it's everywhere okay i think like literally KitchenAid i think like the company line is like well if it's not mixing properly put a for whatever reason a dime is the exact object that you need at the bottom of the bowl to make sure it's uh correct that's nickel erasure that is nickel erasure. do you cook much at home i like to bake i like baking um it's prettier you know you get like a pretty thing at the end and there's too much intuition in cooking and i don't trust my intuition (laughs) what do you like to bake then well, um, I'm vegan. I and so I make a lot of uh, just like vegan things. And um, I made a um, a key lime cake with oh. Italian meringue buttercream frosting. Oh, that sounds incredible! And like a a graham cracker cream cheese filling. It was way oh. too sweet. It was too much. Oh, okay, sure. 
Like that wasn't the recipe at all. I just sort of imagined like, oh, this would be, I bet this would be amazing. Did it look nice? It looked great. It looked great. It took me two days to make it because I had to repeat every step twice because I, you know, messed something up every step along the way, like the temperature of um, the sugar for the meringue, Mm -hmm. um, you know, using the wrong um, amount of flour, you know, that sort of thing. Did you in high school have cooking classes or that sort of thing? You didn't? Did you? I took so many cooking. I mean, it was essentially, I think it was just a failure of the Utah public school system that I think I took a foods, they were called foods classes. I would take Mm -hmm. one of probably every semester and learned absolutely nothing. Home ec was gone by the time I got to high school. There was wood shop. I had to make a birdhouse, but some, this guy, Braden Lever, who came from a very big apostolic Lutheran family, made the birdhouse for me. (laughs) And that was a sexual awakening for me. (laughs) Of course it was. I was like, why do I love that he's making my birdhouse for me? (laughs) Like, why do I, why is my face red from this? (laughs) Yeah. Did you take other elective classes in high school? Just like uh, I took a children's theater class. A children's theater class? Well, this was like in a bigger school that I transferred to my junior year. And there was like a theater class that was right before lunch. And we would uh, take a children's story, improvise a show, set it. And then during lunch, we took the show to different grade schools. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. It's very sweet. Yeah, I loved it. I felt like, well, we're on tour now. Right. And I'm sure the elementary schoolers looked at you as a star. I don't I don't remember like the audience <laughs> reaction. I just remember feeling so glad, like rushing to eat my food before class because like I had just performed and it felt so like, <laughs> God, no time to eat because we just we just did two shows. You know what I mean? Oh, was there a love feeling put upon? Was there like any inter-class drama or anything where someone th- felt they were a star or someone wasn't pulling their weight? There was a murder. No, <laughs> right uh, outside of the death. Outside of, uh, outside of the death. Uh, no, everyone got along. It was like fun. It, that might have been like the best experience I've ever had in a school setting. Wow. Aside from Brayden Lever making my God bless him. Yeah, God bless him. God, I wonder where he is. He's dead. Oh, you think? Oh, yeah, right. The murder. Yes. The murder. And you had kind of pulled him into the class with promise of touring elementary schools. Yes. I said, look, you're gonna you're gonna be huge. Gonna make you a star. Make you a star. Um, this waffle maker is wonderful. I have a uh uh, a regular one, a regular waffle maker, which I have kind of converted Burn into it. just a. <laughs> well, it's no longer a waffle maker because I just use it to reheat regular. I'm u- essentially using it as a panini press, or like oh. when I have leftover pizza or whatever. Yeah, I throw it in there, which I can't recommend enough. Into a waffle iron, it's fantastic. It's the only way I'll ever reheat at least pizza. You basically fold it into a sandwich and burn it. You don't do you do you have a toaster oven? I don't have a toaster oven. Okay, yeah, neither do I. But I, if I did, that's how I would reheat pizza. See, it doesn't... Uh, not Maybe as For good. anyone who was wondering. <laughs> Maybe tease that at the top of the episode when you're <laughs> like, hear what Cole's preferred method of reheating pizza is. 
after the break yeah. <laughs> after the break we finally yeah. get to Coles. <laughs> yeah i uh no my uh current waffle iron is now just full of pizza grease most of the time uh i guess i i wash that in the sink i don't know that you're even supposed to wash a waffle maker i think yeah. you probably should right but it feels like a, you know kind of an electronic device that i just drop in the sink and suddenly i'm splashing water all over it. and how do you dry it out this kind of it's thing. like how to clean a um a cast iron skillet right do you have a cast iron skillet I do, but do you I'm use s- it? I don't because I'm so um, anal about the cleaning of it right. and like re-seasoning it. And mm-hmm. it's like, why bother making something in it if it's going to take me four hours afterwards to, you know, <laughs> re-season it and make sure it has that gorgeous sheen on top? Have you ever made anything in it? My boyfriend made um, pancakes in it once. Ooh, pancakes. And then I passive aggressively was like, well, now I have to clean it. <laughs> you know, those uh, th- those to me, just the like getting into it, it seems like a giant challenge. You, we, the seasoning, all of this, it doesn't. Yeah. I don't know that that's for me. It feels like a full lifestyle you have to accept. It's a religion. It's yeah. a, ultimately, it's a religion. Kind of. it, ultimately, it's for people who need God. <laughs> And then yeah. they find him. And they find, yeah. Um, cool. I feel like it's time to play a game. Okay. Do you want to play a game called Tic Tac Toe? Or uh, we could do a crossword puzzle or yes. a word search. I'll just hold it up to the Zoom and we'll just quietly I'll say what I solve. See. Right. Great. <laughs> um, no. Do you want to play a game called Gift Master or Gift or a Curse? I'll play Gift Master. Okay. I need a number between one and ten. Seven. Okay, for a minute, I have to do some calculating. So you're going to have the microphone. You can promote something. You can recommend something. You can do whatever you want. I don't care. I'll be right back. Hello. Do you want to make more money? Sure, we all do. Do you guys remember that commercial with Sally Struthers? Uh, I'm going to do some free association here on um, Norman Lear. Um there were a lot of shows when I was a child, um, especially Norman Lear shows that had a sort of orangey, yellowy brown. I think because they were shot on film, but they really I really didn't like them watching them. I could smell cigarette smoke and I really I just I, I didn't like it. This is the same reason I didn't like Roseanne. It was like, this is my life. Why do I want to see this reflected back at me? I was much more into, you know, something aspirational like Sybil, which apparently, and I don't know if Sybil Shepherd or Christine Baranski will ever be guests on this podcast, but apparently they did not get along at all. And that is hard for me because I would like to imagine that they were friends. Um, oh, are we, are you Cole, back? I kind of, I kind of want you to just continue talking for a while. No, no, I think, uh, I think I'm done. I think I've said what I needed to say. I half heard whatever was happening and I, I support everything you were saying. Great. Thank you. Sybil Shepherd is becoming kind of a recurring theme on this podcast because I, had a Sybil Shepherd mouse pad, or I did, and oh. um, she sent it to me. Oh. And uh, that's neither here nor there. We need to play the game. Okay. But also, just excellent use of that time. This is how Thank this you. game works. I'm going to tell you three potential gifts, things you're going to give to people, and then three 
celebrities or famous people, and you're going to tell me which gift you'll give which person and why. Does that make any sense? Yes. Okay, perfect. These are the three gifts that you'll be giving. Okay. Number one is a trip to White Sands National Monument. Now, I believe it's in New Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came across my desk because uh, I feel like a lot of people post about it on Instagram. It's, you know, sand dunes, white sand, picturesque. Yeah. That's what you're dealing with there. Uh, number two is homemade fudge. Homemade fudge like that I made? Yes. Okay. And finally, guitar lessons. Mm. Those are the three gifts. Okay. You'll be giving two. Let me find them. I'm getting slightly better at this. Sometimes I struggle. Sometimes I nail it. Okay, number one. This is two people. This is Derek and Julianne Huff. Okay. Uh, They're the brother-sister team on Dancing with the Stars. Uh, Number two is uh, celebrity chef Bobby Flay. And number three, this, I don't know how many people this is, the Sackler family. Now, right. Kind of uh, the family behind the opioid crisis. Yes. uh, Of the, I believe, Purdue pharmaceutical. Yeah. Uh, Well, okay. Yes. So go ahead. Immediately, I'm poisoning that fudge and giving it to the Sackler family. (laughs) Okay, great. If it's coming from my home. That's laser focused. I love that. Um, Oh, poisoning them, by the way, with an overdose of the opioids that they... um, produce or uh, (laughs) finance um okay so we have bobby flay hmm okay the last thing i want is either of them playing Uh, like derek (laughs) and juliana i don't want them i feel like they juliana maybe play is it juliana or juliana julianne Julianne. Julianna makes um, more sense. Yeah, it does. But I'm not. I'll talk to her about it afterwards. Um, for now, <laughs> get her on the phone. <laughs> oh yeah, um, Julianne. I feel like already plays the guitar. Oh, that sounds right. Interesting. So maybe I would give her. I would give them the guitar lessons as a sort of passive aggressive way of saying like, "Keep trying, babe." Um, <laughs> And then Bobby Flay sort of seems a little um, like, uh, what are the humors? I, I learned about this in the plague lecture. Like um, there's like yellow, like bile. And then there's like, he's whichever one is like cold and phlegmy and probably <laughs> needs to be in like an arid climate for right. his health. Kind of like, dried out almost. Yeah. Yeah. So I would, I would send him there. <laughs> I think that's an excellent, I mean, if you, if not you, someone should be sending that poison fudge to the Sackler family. I, I, I hope so. Somebody's got to get them. I hope it's Julianne Huff. I hope she sends. You hope she <laughs> I hope she sends poison fudge to the Sackler family. I would, if I woke up to that headline tomorrow, I would kill myself because it wouldn't <laughs> get any better than that. There was absolutely nothing better than that, that no. Julianne becoming an unexpected kind of hero yeah yeah (laughs) kind of on this mission of revenge on behalf of america (laughs) of the world of the world yeah um well that's wonderful Uh, do you give do you like giving gifts i do like giving gifts yeah you You know what i do (laughs) (laughs) you're gonna own it finally yeah fuck you i like i like giving gifts (laughs) i don't care what you think (laughs) oh my god 
Yeah, I do like it. Do you give unexpected gifts or just on occasions? Um, I'm trying. You know who's the best gift giver is Amy Sedaris. And she oh. gives like gifts at random times. If If she sees something that makes her think of you right she'll send people things and um i really like that and so i've tried to or it's sort of inspired me to just keep my eye out for things um like right that. just to be thinking of other people while you're out yeah. in the world but i still mostly um just give gifts for you know housewarming right um, you know birthdays i love bringing toilet paper is that true yeah because who doesn't need it you know, right. It's just a thing. It's that very practical. Yeah. Will always be used. Is there, yeah. have you given a, any type of gift that you've been particularly proud of? Oh, well, the best gift was I got a, a Toto washlet, you know, like those little bidet toilet seats. Oh, sure. Um, sure. That are uh, like heated to my mother for Christmas. And, oh, that's um, wonderful. Did she like it? She used to rave, my aunt had one. Um, and she would just always rave about it. Like for 10 years, she would talk about like, oh my God, that toilet seat. And so <laughs> I finally got, I got it for her and I don't think I can ever top that. Right. At least right. to her. Yeah. And has Amy Sedaris given you anything good? I mean, like what, anything exciting? She gave me a portrait of me as chassis painted by David's husband, Hugh Hamrick. The oh artist. my God, that's incredible. Yeah, she gave me this um, letter that Joan Crawford sent to someone. Um, yeah, she just sends me. Those are beautiful gifts. Yeah, yeah. She sends me Aesop soaps and lotions. Um, Lovely. Yeah. I mean, listener, if you haven't seen At Home with Amy Sedaris, obviously Amy Sedaris is very funny in it, but Cole yeah. is also extraordinary. Thanks. You didn't use your time to promote anything. I'm, I'm promoting I don't have anything to promote. PP Manor. That's another thing. Another thing people should look up. Years ago. Thanks. Thanks. Is that years? That feels well, recent. Two, three. I don't know. Uh, nothing matters anymore. I no. don't know. Okay. We've, we played the game and then we got into another thing. I, we have to answer a listener question. Yes. This is called I Said No Emails. People are writing into I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. They have just various issues. Let's see. If we can answer something here, one moment. Okay. This says, Hello, Bridger and uh, insightful guest. I'm in the process of purchasing my first home, and my parents are graciously loaning me a part of my down payment. This is a true loan plus interest that I will be paying them back for in full. I'd like to get them something that says thank you without spending too much uh, because they are loaning me the money after all. My parents are semi-retired, have three small rescue dogs, a cat, and a chicken. Uh, they mostly hang out at their suburban home, don't drink much, and prefer to be working in the yard when it's warm outside with all the animals. Can you give me some ideas for an appreciation gift that are, one, easy on the wallet, and two, aren't tacky or overplayed? And uh, Thanks, Ashley in Dallas. Okay, so Ashley's parents are as far as i can tell predatory lenders um i don't it seems like someone has just found herself she's tangled up in something that's going to only become worse yeah and she wants to give them a gift this is like phd level gift giving because it's like 
what do you get for someone who's loaning you money? That's that because, you know, you get something too expensive. It's like, what do you do? Like, right. That money could be going towards. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I understand, you know, wanting to, uh, a gesture, a gesture. Right. Uh, what we're looking at here, and then also we're getting details like there's a chicken, uh, yeah. which I don't know that, uh, you know, it's the complication here is what do you get your banker? I don't, I'm not <laughs> in the habit of giving my banker a gift. Right. Uh, but mom and dad have apparently some level of money. Yeah. And, but look, she's moving into a house. This is what I think. It is, it's making a nice dinner and having them over kind of like kids made dinner and uh, mom and dad are going to have. I was going to say, it sounds like, you know, maybe I don't know what the travel situation is. Maybe this house is somewhere on the other side of the country. They're like, oh, we don't want to travel. Right. You know, um, maybe they're not, you know, maybe they're anti-vaxxers who right. don't, you know, she didn't include any of that information. Um, I wish <laughs> I wish she had. Please respond um and bridger will update the audience accordingly i'm kidding he never will um but i i think honestly you just have to uh, like you have to it has to be something that you make i i think honestly a thank you card like a, a like a letter like a like a an actually thoughtful letter an actually thoughtful letter with some details about their relationship yes Yes. That sounds nice. I mean, unless she's a terrible writer. A framed photograph of her in front of the house. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, or maybe like, uh, actually, I don't know. Send some uh, dog treats or something. Some corn kernels for the chickens. So what you do is <laughs> bag you, of chicken feed. A photo of you in front of the house in a nice thank you card. And then if you can fit a dog uh, one of the little flat little milk bone treats in the envelope <laughs> as well as some corn f- dried corn for the chicken they just end up with a dusty uh letter which i'll appreciate it'll have kind of yeah. a homey feel great um yeah. i mean i don't see any that's neither tacky nor overplayed yeah and mom and dad are also going to be getting a monthly mortgage payment Yes. Which maybe there's just a thoughtful note every time you pay them. Yeah. Like, hope you're enjoying this interest. Hope you're enjoying (laughs) making money off of me. As I fall further and further into debt. (laughs) Just a loan on the down payment, though. So, well, I don't don't know. But honestly, like just a photo of you like so happy in front of the house yeah, I that think that's like, perfectly sweet. Look at how happy I am because of something you did. And then maybe they'll lower the interest rate for you. <laughs> it, yeah, I think that that's all perfectly nice. Amy had this this chapter in her book uh, about entertaining. Like if you have a rich uncle over, you try to like present very poor so that he'll maybe <laughs> give you more money. So like... A photograph in front of the house, maybe make it make the house look sort of dingy. Put a tarp up in the window that are sort of falling apart. Um, you know, <laughs> maybe get the photo in the rain without like a, a rain jacket or something. Like, thank you so much. Like, just really dust. You know, like get the envelope dirty as if maybe you found <laughs> it. You know, yeah. 
Uh, I think that's great. Maybe uh, try to send it without a stamp so it's a first returned. <laughs> There's no money for even for postage at this point. Yeah. And cover it in two cent stamps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's wonderful. That question is could not be more comprehensively answered. Yeah. Can we answer one more? Do you mind? I would love to. Something hopefully a little um, easier. Yeah. But maybe not. I mean, we're just going to go to the next thing here. Okay. Okay. This is Hi, Bridger and Guest. My name is Bobby, and I need gift advice for my boyfriend's parents. We've been together for five years, and he has five siblings. Okay. Uh, he and his siblings go in together on the gifts for every holiday and do not include me in their big presents. Well, this is feeling weird. Uh, let's see. So I am on my own to buy a Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthdays, Christmas. I ran up out of ideas about three years ago, and they have since uh, just been getting I've been getting booze and restaurant gift cards every holiday. It's getting embarrassing. These people are in their early 50s, have a lake house, and they ride motorcycles. Please help. And it doesn't look like there's a name there. That's probably my mistake, probably copying and pasting. Uh, but this is now an unknown person. Bobby. Oh, Bo oh Bobby is at the beginning. <laughs> this yeah. is a reading, reading comprehension problem. <laughs> I knew it. How many eggs are there still in the basket if Bobby has given? <laughs> Wait, hold on. Um, I, what do you get for your, do, do you, are, are your get, boyfriend's I, parents? I don't get Jim's fan. I've never gotten them. I mean, maybe that's a problem on my, I let him get the presents. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in charge. He doesn't get my parents anything. Right. I, I feel like you're just... And also, there's not this. I feel like this is kind of a psychologically complicated thing where the boyfriend and siblings are all going in on these gifts and leaving Bobby out. Yeah, I think it would be up to the boyfriend to to be like, either say like, "Hey, can we put my boyfriend's name on this?" Or <laughs> he should help you find like, you know, what my parents would like. Here's this. Get them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, I mean, why this person is putting in a, a lot of energy to these parents. I mean, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I say just stop altogether. Although now you've created kind of a pattern that's going to feel strange when it ends. Right. Well, I'm curious. Do you know what? We can't get Bobby on the line, but <laughs> does he get gifts from them? That's a because, good question. Because Bobby also mentioned Father's Day and Mother's Day. And like, <laughs> that's a lot. Like, yeah. Are they getting you gifts for your birthday and for Christmas? And, right. you know, do you get an Easter basket? You know, is it that sort of thing? Like, or, um, or do the parents get you and your boyfriend like a joint gift? Like, right. Because in that case, yeah, I don't know. You wouldn't I get feel them like any. Bobby has kind of been dragged into this high level gift giving scam almost yeah. where for whatever reason gifts are being given over and over but these six children want nothing to do with bobby's gifts i think bobby should take whatever oh, uh, another thing that's really good um uh for rich people is like donating money for like to oh, charity in their idea. name yes um that really is like some sort of like one-upmanship of like, I know you want something, but guess what? People need things. <laughs> While you're buzzing around the lake house. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, making a donation in their name is really, it's really classy, but just get like a very expensive card. 
with that. Yeah, that's beautiful. One of these cards, you know, uh, well, I feel like Papyrus went out of business. Did they go out of business? I feel like it's one a block away from me. You're kidding. No. At the beginning of this pandemic, I right before it, you saw to it that they would go out of business. (laughs) I swore. (laughs) I said, if, if it's the last thing I do, Papyrus will go out of business. Their brick and mortar stores will close. No, uh, when we were getting ready before this podcast began, I needed help wrapping gifts. And so I went to Papyrus because I'm so bad at wrapping gifts. And they were having a fire sale going out of business and a teen there, very sweet teen, wrapped all these gifts on discount, heavily discounted um, because they were going out of business. But apparently you've kind of got this rogue papyrus that's running should i go say something i think you should they don't know yeah, right they're just kind of like automatic oh, that, our phone's been ringing we haven't been paid in months but... is that what's going on huh. <laughs> yeah but yeah the, an expensive card maybe find one of those charities where they put your name on a bench or a brick or that kind of thing that's a thing right i, I think feel so like i've seen that before yeah yeah we're gonna put your name on a on a on something a charity where they put your name on something (laughs) i think those are more expensive though right that's a christmas gift that's a 50th anniversary gift but a mother's day father's day maybe uh animal charity or something the aspca right or something really like dismal Right. Something just really just sad and that reminds everyone of how horrible yeah, so many the things dead are. Dead children's fund. Goes to kind of propelling children's deaths. <laughs> yeah, sort of just thing. to remind everyone that they're dead children. <laughs> raising charity. awareness. My my charity are raising awareness for dead children. <laughs> Cole, okay, we're done answering questions <laughs> cole i'm so happy to see you i'm so glad you likewise were able to be here and this Thank waffle you. maker is wonderful i really wanted to show up everyone else who's ever gotten you a <laughs> right. gift i mean this is something that, like, that would be i wanted making... to embarrass you frankly <laughs> you have good, good. multiple times good <laughs> for a moment one of this podcasts have been humiliated and we're just going to exit on that note and uh Listener, this is the end. Thank you for being here. And uh, do whatever you need to do now. I don't care. I uh, Have a nice day. Bye-bye. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's engineered by our dear friend, Annalise Nelson, and the theme song is by miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. That's where you're going to see pictures of all these wonderful gifts I'm getting. Listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you found me. And why not leave a review while you're there? It's really the least you could do. And if you're interested in advertising on the show, go to midroll.com slash ads but I invited you here thought I made myself perfectly clear when you're a guest in my home 